Hi, it's me, Helen. And it's me, Jay Keith. Hey, a few quick fun things before we get to this week's amazing episode. We've got an update on some of the perks that we had offered to our listeners who supported GoFactorSelf in this year's Max Fun Drive. Uh, first of all, thank you again. Yes, thank you. First, we've recorded a special mini episode with two of our lucky listeners who were selected from the first 100 people to support us in the drive. You'll be able to hear that very fun mini episode very soon. Yes. Now next, because we made some of our goals from the drive, we have selected four of our new upgrading or boosting members to listen in live as we record an upcoming show on Zoom. Now we've never done this before, but people really seemed excited about it. And we're excited to announce the winners of that opportunity right now. So listen to Helen. And if you hear your name, make sure to contact us through our website and we'll get you scheduled. Drum roll, please. The names are... Kristen A, Diana H, Giovanni S, and Stephen W. Again, that's Kristen A, Diana H, Giovanni S, and Stephen W. And if that's you, congrats, and thank you again for your support. Now, for those four people, please make sure to go to gofactorpod.com, click on Get Involved, and then send us a message with your full name and email. And if that matches what we drew, we'll get you connected to listen in on an upcoming episode. Now, we're recording a bunch of episodes this month, so please do get in touch with us soon. And if we don't hear from you by June 30th, we will select another supporter for your slot. And finally, Yes, we are doing the listener tournament again, and all continuing supporters of our show will be eligible to participate. We'll be sending out a registration form later this month, and the first round of the tournament will take place later this summer. It is going to be so cool. Oh, and we'll have some more bonus opportunities for our supporters coming later in the year. Thank you for making all of these things possible, as well as the very episode you're about to hear by supporting our show. Speaking of this episode, as you'll hear, I am not one of the hosts on this one. But I do make an appearance. It's it's a long story. You'll see. You'll get it. So for now, take it away, somebody who's not me. Are you a real know-it-all? Do you annoy your family by shouting the answers while watching Jeopardy? Do you drive people crazy when you start a sentence with, well, actually? Well, guess what? You can go fact yourself. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Go Fact Yourself, the show where we quiz the smartest people we know and find out why they love what they love. I'm Jason Kravitz. And now, from the Crawford Family Forum at LAist in Pasadena, here's our moderator, Jay Keith Van Stratton. Thank you so much, Jason. Thank you, everybody. What a lovely crowd. Uh, now, Jason, I couldn't help but notice that you are not Helen Hong. That is uh, true. I am the less attractive, less talented Helen Hong. That's right. That's uh, what I do. Yeah, uh, yeah you have your, your own merits that we will discover tonight. Thank now, you. our audience knows this, but our listeners, um, Helen was not able to make it today on very short notice. Yes. Uh, we have not rehearsed anything, Jason. You were coming to the show anyway. Yes. And, uh, and that, that answers the question, how do you get to be on the show? Come to the show. That's it. <laughs> Eventually, you two could be my uh, hosting partner. We do have Helen, though, on uh, Zoom uh, from her home. She wanted to say hello. So let's see if we can bring in Helen. Helen, are you there? Oh, oh my God. God. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. It's worse than I had imagined. Oh, no. I am so, so sorry. 
I am so ill. I wasn't feeling well. I stayed in bed all day. I was like, I can make it. I can make it. I can hop up on drugs. I can. I got into the lift and I started sweating profusely and, mm. and feeling like I was going to throw up. And my lift driver, who is this young Russian man, literally turned to me and said, are you okay? Wow. Like, no, I'm actually not. I am so sorry. I'm so happy to see that there's a full house. And Jason, you're a hero for being a last minute replacement. Sorry, everyone, I'm so sick. But you literally waited until the last possible moment. I mean, no, no, I mean this in a good way, in a good way. Like you gave it every possible effort and it wasn't until you officially knew that you could not make it that you didn't. You are a trooper and we appreciate it. And Helen, I think we are all uh, happy to say get well soon. Should we say that? Get well soon. All right, Helen Hong, everybody. Take care of yourself. Have a great taping. All right, thank you, Helen. I hope she didn't have to pay for the lift. I hope they canceled <laughs> that's, that's, time, a, that's you know? a great follow-up question. We'll see. What is the, have to ask the question. Yeah, what, what, what is the cancellation What's fee the when a Russian driver shows compassion? <laughs> Jason, you, of course, have been on the show before. You were on our, uh, our seventh episode. Yes. Uh, what do you remember about the experience? I had so much fun. I was really nervous, and I learned a lot about uh, Bon Jovi that day from mm-hmm. the person who uh, I was competing against. Mm-hmm. And I remember you telling me that I was the first person to get all the questions right. So wow. I'm pretty proud of that moment. But I, I do, I, I haven't had such a good time. I remember uh, that uh, my subject was Young Frankenstein. Mm-hmm. And I realized I know a lot about Young Frankenstein. <laughs> but I had a, a blast and I'm really glad to be here today. It's really fun. Excellent. And, and it says here in my notes that since then we have become good friends. <laughs> I didn't write that. No? I didn't you don't have that in your version. Nah. Anyway, we really appreciate you jumping in today. Happy Jason to Kravitz, everybody. Thank you. Today on Go Fact Yourself, two guests will compete to answer questions about facts they know, facts they may not know, and frankly, facts they should know. Plus, we'll meet actual experts on two very different topics. And finally, we'll declare one of our guests the winner of today's show. Let's get started and meet today's guest, Jason, who is up first. She is a Grammy-winning singer and songwriter who can be heard on her daily radio show, Stay with Lisa Loeb, on Sirius XM Radio. It's Lisa Loeb! Lisa Loeb, everybody! Hello. Wonderful to see you again. You too. Now, in addition to uh, music, which of course people know in this XM radio show that we'll uh, speak about, you've also been doing a lot of voice acting work on a lot of uh, animated shows. I feel like more TV commercials, like medicine. I, I, my brain is a little bit... I probably could take some of the medicine I've been doing voiceovers for. <laughs> I think one of them was a sleeping medication. They told me when we yep. were recording it, yep. one of the things in the script was, side effects may include sleepiness. I was like, is that like a joke? For yeah. the... <laughs> it wasn't a joke. It wasn't a joke. So did they pay you an Ambien? Uh, <laughs> I don't remember. Okay, I just ate everything in the kitchen. That means it's working. Yeah. Jason mentioned, of course, that uh, you won a Grammy. Now, you, of course, were nominated for your hit song, Stay, which we all know and yes, love. Yes, thank you. But you won for a children's music album. Uh, and you continue to make music for both grown-ups and for children. How does that affect, say, your touring schedule? Well, sometimes I have a show in the afternoon and a show in the evening. <laughs> yeah. But sometimes what I like to do is play a couple of kids' shows earlier in the day if I have a kids' show. And at night, I have to say some of the most popular songs I play at night, other than the song Stay, I mm-hmm. Miss You, um, is, are the kids' songs. Like when I play a song called The Disappointing Pancake. Mm. That's often the favorite song of the night. I didn't know that, but I love your kids' album. 
Thank you. Albums. I, I do have a kid, so oh, yeah. that was helpful. But my kid grew up on on uh, Little Red Caboose and all the fun. Oh songs yeah, that was the having. first one about twenty years ago. That would be about right. That's yeah, yeah, that's about right. I think my children's music actually affects my grown up music the most because I get to write about things like pancakes or monsters mm-hmm. or first day at school, and then all of a sudden I get to write things that are completely different than what I would normally write for my grown-up music. And all of a sudden, I'm not just writing about broken hearts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but you're so good at it. <laughs> Why can't kids have their hearts broken, Come too? On. Well, that's interesting. We could go the other direction. Yeah, yeah. I'm a monster. That's what I've learned from that question. Uh, <laughs> the name of your show on Sirius XM is Stay with Lisa Loeb. Tell us about the format of it. Well, it's a daily show on Sirius XM 90s on 9, and basically they want me just to talk about a lot of random stuff. Mm-hmm. So I talk about music, I talk about my own life. What I really enjoy, though, is a feature I came up with called Where They Are Now. Mm-hmm. Years ago, I had a new album out, and I was excited because the Oprah channel was going to interview me about my new record, and then I found out the show was called Where Are They Now? Mm. It felt like a Spinal Tap moment crowded around the radio. <laughs> yeah. And I said, you know, it would be great if there was a show that acknowledged the fact that we might know people from a certain era at right. first, but those people are still out there making things, writing books, opening stores, making records. Mm-hmm. So I have my own show called Where They Are Now, and I, and I talk to actors, musicians, iconic people that you might know from the 90s, but are mm-hmm. still around doing lots of things today. And I get to talk to people like Weird Al, Leanne sure. Rimes, actors from the TV show Friends, all kinds of people. Very, very cool. Uh, last thing I want to ask you about, you and I have something in common, which is a love of a certain Sanrio character. Yes. You are known for your love of Hello Kitty. I, for reasons that I still do not understand, have for over 20 years been collecting a penguin character named Batsmaru. Batsmaru, yeah. Yes. Uh, Do people make fun of you for being into this Sanrio character? (laughs) No. Why? Because because I own it. That's it, okay. Own it. It's great. They put the Hello Kitty image on all kinds of things you wouldn't expect, which which is how I got connected with the Sanrio company as a grown-up. Because they sent me a toaster oven, a Hello Kitty toaster oven, and I... No, it was a rice steamer. Okay. We developed this relationship. I ended up putting Hello Kitty on the cover of one of my albums called Hello Lisa. Um, (laughs) She was wearing my glasses. I played in Hello Kitty stores. She went with me to the MTV Music Awards. In Japan, we presented an award together. We rode in a limousine together, holding hands, not speaking, because... Hello Kitty, as a character, doesn't right. speak. Right, yeah. Well, I have a Batsamaru blanket. Oh, see, own it. Yeah, no, but I would like to have some of those other things, too, but that's where, that's where I, I am I could loan it. you my bass, my Batsamaru bass. Oh, excellent. We could, have a, we could have a Sanrio band. Yeah. I will learn how to play. We're so happy that you joined us, and everyone, Thank it's you. Lisa Loeb. Thank you. Jason, against whom will Lisa be competing? Well, he is an award-winning comedian, actor, and musician who recently wrapped up eight years as band leader on The Late Late Show with James Corden. It's Reggie Watts. Reggie Watts. Reggie Watts. Hi. So wonderful to see you. Uh, it's good to see thee as well. Now, of course, in addition to The Late Late Show, people will remember you, of course, from your work on Comedy Bang Bang, The Electric Company, the U.S. Yeah. version of Taskmaster, which is one of my very favorite mm. shows, dozens of appearances on various comedies and animated shows. Uh, but let's talk about The Late Late Show. You just wrapped up, as we recorded this literally a, a week or two ago, uh, how did you celebrate or perhaps mourn the, <laughs> en- the end of that run? It was uh, such a blur. The yeah? part, part of me was like, I can't wait for this to be over. And then the other part of me was like, enjoy this as much as you can. Mm-hmm. The, the me getting wanting it to be over soon was just because of all the emotionality. And I sure. kind of wanted, wanted to avoid that. Yeah. Very 
good to see people. We got to say what we want to say to everybody in the crew and be appreciative of all those years and time together. And that just seemed to glide by when you work on a starship. It was great. Awesome. Well, you're known for a lot of improvisation in your in your work and, and everything you've done up to that. How much of, that you did in the Late Late Show had to be scripted, planned in advance? Well, for my part, nothing. That's um, awesome. Did, I started skipping rehearsals about after the first year. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just wasn't interested in like re-laughing. You know? <laughs> <laughs> you know? uh, I'd rather just actually laugh if I thought it was funny. So yeah. showrunner was like, yeah, you're right. I think it is a little better when you're not at rehearsals. Even though I just started doing, I didn't ask anybody. I just <laughs> started not showing up. It's like they say, don't show up for the job that you want. Not show up for the job that you have. Exactly. <laughs> I don't yes. think it's, they say it all. You understand. You've got to meet many celebrities. Do a lot of cool things over the years. Uh, is there anyone that stands out in particular? I have one in mind who I think it might be. But uh, tell tell me who comes to mind for you. Joan Jett was cool. Uh, she was on a monitor, unfortunately, but I got kind of emotional just thanking her for her contributions. I, I say this one a lot because the one I think about is probably the one you think of, but Jim Carrey, after his interview, he came up to say hi to the band and then mm. he gave me this big hug and we had like this really warm hug and, and I just remember looking into his eyes and it was like looking at someone who had gone through so much trauma and mm. pain, but he had worked through it and he's just so glad to be alive. That was the feeling and looking into his eyes in that moment, it was very emotional and we both started crying a little bit. It was pretty amazing. Okay, well, forget my mentioning Michelle Obama then. Um, <laughs> uh, do you know what's going to be uh, next for you? I know you've got a book coming out uh, in the fall. I have a Lisa Loeb cover band that I'm going to be starting wow. um, called, of course, the Loeb's. But but no, I <laughs> Loeb Trotters. No, just kidding. So they actually uh, does exist. Okay, God. Yeah. <laughs> No, I, I have a book, I have a, I have a book coming out, and then I, I have a bunch of shows that I'm pitching, yeah. um, which is interesting during the writer's strike, but there are some shows, and I'm really excited about it, and some experiences and partnerships with some high-tech endeavors and things like that, performance stuff. The book, I understand, is a bit of a memoir, a lot of it about the culture shock of moving from Europe to America, which you did uh, as a young boy. Um, what, what are some of those uh, culture shocks that we might not be familiar with? I didn't speak English when I first That moved. would be one, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I had to learn English. I spoke Spanish at the time, so I... Because we were stationed, my dad was stationed in Madrid. Mm -hmm. And yeah, so I'd learned that. And then I had a terrible way of pronouncing uh, mayonnaise, which I, <laughs> I pronounced manuaise. I think it's better. I mean, look if you look at the word mayonnaise. Isn't manuaise a Sanrio character as well? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're thinking of bat those. Yeah, bats mayo. Last thing I want to ask you about, this is not your first time being on a trivia show. You were on the recent edition of Celebrity Jeopardy. Oh, uh, yeah. How was that wow. for you? <laughs> It was it was crazy because uh, answering the form of a question. Yes, oh, sorry, <laughs> sorry. What is it was crazy because I'm most familiar with the Celebrity Jeopardy on Saturday Night Live mm -hmm. version of it. So Which I you realize is a parody. It is a parody. Okay. <laughs> However, I just felt like oh, Celebrity Jeopardy was there. I was like that's what it is. So so I just and it was so funny. It was like two really chill people contestants mm -hmm. like myself, and then Schlesinger was just off the chain, I have to win this. You know, it's like there <laughs> can be only one. Eliza yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, she was the Highlander of Jeopardy. <laughs> <laughs> there could be only one. Yes. You did not win the tournament, but you were able to raise some money for a charity that was important to you? Yeah, Music Cares. Yeah, Music Cares is great. They, they paid for my rent a couple times in Seattle in the 90s when I couldn't pay for rent. And yeah, it helped with insurance on an injury that I had. They're, they've been instrumental, like 
literally, but like, uh, <laughs> yeah, they've been very helpful. It's just nice to have a grassroots, like we'll just handle basic stuff for musicians. Excellent. You got a chance to return the favor uh, to them on the show. I hope so. Well, we're certainly happy to have you tonight. Reggie Watts, everybody. All right, Lisa and Reggie, we ask each of you to provide us with a few topics outside your field of work that you know and love. Lisa, you said you know a lot about RuPaul's Drag Race, but not good with names, <laughs> strength training, and peanut butter. Whereas Reggie, you said you know a lot about model railroading, Battlestar Galactica, and butt rock. Later on, we'll ask each of you some in-depth trivia questions about one of those topics. But first, we're going to get your thoughts on something you may know nothing about. It is time to split some hairs with our What's the Difference round. We'll have one question for each of you, each worth up to two points. If either of you gives an incorrect or incomplete answer, the other person has a chance to steal. Your topic today, Sing for Your Supper. First up in Sing for Your Supper is Lisa. Lisa, your question comes from a listener. Who is it, Jason? I will let them tell you themselves because we have an in-person listener question. Listeners, if you'd like to submit a question for our What's the Difference round, go to gofactyourpod.com and click on Get Involved. Hello, listener in person. Hi. Hi, what's your name? Hi, I'm Anna Mulder. Hello, Anna. So nice to have you here. Now, uh, I understand this is actually not your first time having a question on our show. Yes, I was on, I don't remember what episode exactly, but I did another What's the Difference. It was... um, What's the difference between icing and frosting, I believe? Excellent. And you're, you're back with a vengeance in person. Yes. We appreciate that. And uh, please, please feel free to say no. We have, I did not ask you this before, but do you, do you mind telling uh, people uh, how old you are? Because I think it's kind of adorable. Oh, yeah. I'm 17. She's 17 years old and a fan of the show. Aww. Looks like someone's getting those extracurriculars for the college application. Oh, of course. This is Excellent. going on there. All right, Anna, take it away. All right. Hello, I'm Anna Mulder from Woodland Hills, California. And my question for what's the difference is, while you both have very successfully sung for your supper, do you know what you were singing? What's the difference between a song and a ballad? Thank you so much, Anna Mulder, everybody. Great job, Anna. All right, Lisa, you heard Anna. What is the difference between a song and a ballad? I... No, I, I know, this is, I know this is not your field, so I've been please. thinking about this a lot. Yeah, no oh. pressure. I feel like, colloquially, mm-hmm. a ballad often is sadder and slower and tells a story mm-hmm. that's my answer excellent well we've got lisa's answer we don't know yet if she is entirely correct reggie if you don't think she's got it just right you can steal anything you want to change or add i feel like a song is a blanket term for mm-hmm. <laughs> any piece of music that's structured that ends mm-hmm. that begins and ends <laughs> yeah yes yeah, so. uh, <laughs> i feel like a ballad is a type of song uh-huh. uh, that would be Probably a love-oriented, kind of propositional, aspirational experience. Very well said. Don't know if it's right, but very well said. All right, it's time for the segment to fade out. Let's go to Jason Kravitz at the judges' table for the facts. Well, here are the facts. A song, of course, is a combination of music and words that are sung. A ballad is a type of song that tells a story and is usually slow. So we're both right. Well, but a ballad is also any poetic verse that tells a story, whether it's set to music 
or not. That's right. Now, uh, the word ballad actually comes from 15th century French ballade, meaning a dancing song. One of the best-known ballads to Americans that is not a sung song, but is an example of a poetic verse, is Casey at the Bat, uh, which has a good beat and you can dance to it. I give it an 85. Jason, how did our guests do? Well, I think they did pretty well. I think Lisa got clearly got the uh, part about the ballad being mm-hmm. a type of song that tells a story. It is slow. And, uh, of course, Reggie got the fact that song is a more generic term for a lot of things that are sung. Nobody got the poetic verse part, mm-hmm. so I'm going to give each of them a point. I think that's uh, a fair... Uh, One point each. There you go. One point each. All right. Up next in Sing for Your Supper is Reggie. Reggie, your singing has earned you many suppers and dinners, oh. but what's the difference between supper and dinner? Supper and dinner. Yeah, this is pretty easy. I'll get this one. But uh, so, <laughs> so, so supper... Supper is like a vibe, you know, it's like, uh-huh. you know, yeah. I, I would say like it, it's a supper could take place between 3 p.m. Mm. and 5.30 p.m. Okay. Whereas dinner takes place after 6.30 p.m. And what happens between 5.30 and 6.30? Uh, it's just like, you know, when restaurants shut down yeah, to like okay. regroup. <laughs> yeah. They set, up, they set up the candles for dinner? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They have to like, change the menu. It's like okay. a whole deal. It's yeah. a whole deal. We've got That's Reggie's answer. We don't know yet if he is correct. Lisa, anything you want to change or add? It's similar to what he said, but supper is the larger meal in the middle of the day. The larger meal in and the middle of the day. And dinner is diner. From the French, diner. Yes. Oui. Meaning, um, oui, oui. Meaning, je... Je... Uh, <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Formidable. Well, um, this segment has to be put to bed without any supper or dinner. Let's, let's go to Jason Kravitz at the judges' table for oh, the facts. Oh, I can't wait to judge this one. Here are the facts. A supper is the last meal of the day. Ah, it's backwards. usually informal and eaten at home. A dinner is the main meal of the day. No matter when it's eaten, it's usually more formal and eaten away from home. Yes, now that's right. Also, a dinner is the last meal you usually have before, say, going to a movie. A supper is the last meal you usually have before going to get crucified. Jason, how did our guest do? <laughs> Well, neither of them really got it uh, correctly uh, put together there. So I'm going to say probably uh, I'm going to say uh, Lisa gets a half point in there for her her largeness of the meal. Yes. And I think I'm going to give Reggie a point for the word vibe. I wow. Just think that's okay. right. Yeah. Different vibe from the judges' table tonight. Very nice, Reggie and Lisa. What is our score at the end of that round, Jason? At the end of that round, Lisa has one and a half points, and Reggie has two points. All right, but those scores are bound to change as we move on to questions about topics our guests have chosen for themselves. That's all up ahead when we come back on Go Fact Yourself. Helen, it is time to talk about Soylent. Soylent. Hey, you know, sometimes you just don't feel like cooking, like when you're busy, or sometimes you can't cook, like you're on the road, or maybe you're struggling with a mental or physical health issue. Or maybe you have a baby who takes up all your time and energy and every single life force you have. Whatever your situation, the good (laughs) folks at Soylent, the original food tech company, make delicious and nutritious nutrition products in convenient formats. Like the Soylent Complete Meal. 
Whether a ready-to-drink shake or as a powder, the Soylent Complete Meal provides 20 grams of plant-based protein, 39 essential nutrients, healthy fats, and 400 calories of slower-burning carbohydrates in one delicious serving. It's perfect for breakfast, lunch, or any time you need a nutritious meal that's delicious. And Soylent Squared is a delicious and balanced 100-calorie complete nutrition bar that can be taken on the go, eaten as a snack between meals, or enjoyed as a sweet, nutritious mini-treat. Whichever you choose, you'll get complete, balanced nutrition made from U.S.-grown, sustainably sourced ingredients, making this good for you and good for the planet. So if you want the quickest, easiest meal or snack there is, get yourself some Soylent. Helen, how do they get it? Go to Soylent.com slash GoFact and use code GoFact to get 20% off your first order. That's Soylent, S-O-Y-L-E-N-T, dot com slash go fact and use code go fact for 20 percent off your first order and that's why we say thank, thank you so you probably already have a favorite animal maybe it's a powerful apex predator like the tiger or a cute and cuddly panda and those are great but have you considered something a little more unconventional Could I perhaps interest you in the Greenland shark, which can live for nearly 400 years? Or maybe the jewel wasp who performs brain surgery on cockroaches to control their minds? On Just the Zoo of Us, we review animals by giving them ratings out of 10 in the categories of effectiveness, ingenuity, and aesthetics. Listen with friends and family of all ages to find your new favorite animal with Just the Zoo of Us on MaximumFun.org or wherever you get podcasts. Welcome back to Go Fact Yourself with our guests Lisa Loeb and Reggie Watts. Once again, here's Jay Keith Van Stratton. Thank you so much, Jason. Thank you, everybody. Even Lisa and Reggie applauding. You gotta love that. All right, Lisa Loeb, of your many interests, you told us that you know and love RuPaul's Drag Race, but not good with names, strength training, and peanut butter. Let's find out a little bit more about each of those. First, tell us what RuPaul's Drag Race, but not the names, means to you. I love RuPaul's Drag Race. This is something I watch with my daughter. I enjoy watching people express themselves, be themselves, be creative, connect and become a community on on camera. It's funny. It's earnest. I just love it so much. And why the names not so much? I have trouble remembering names and facts and trivia. Okay, well, (laughs) thanks for being here. Thank Uh, you. (laughs) Yes. All right, next, Lisa, tell us what strength training means to you. Well, strength training is just something I've been doing a couple times a week since I was a teenager. Oh, wow. I approach it almost in a yogic way, I guess. I love breathing and moving Mm. slowly. I do like a balanced workout and Mm -hmm. approaching it each time, depending on what I need that day. I'd love to see someone smile talking about working out. I don't know if I've ever experienced that myself. <laughs> and finally, Lisa, tell us why you know and love peanut butter. I was going to say almond butter because that's usually what I eat most mornings. Mm-hmm. It's either almond butter or peanut butter, but I feel like I know more about peanut butter. That being said, I went to do some research on peanut butter earlier and there was a lot I didn't know. Mm. So, uh, But what do you love about it? It's delicious. It tastes great with chocolate. Tastes good on toast. Uh-huh. Good out of a spoon. Yeah. Morning, night, and... Supper and dinner. Oh, you almost said noon. You almost said noon. It would have rhymed. Oh, Oh, yeah. No, I was thinking of supper and and dinner. Okay. (laughs) Before a movie or... Yeah, the best times to have peanut butter. All right. Well, to summarize, Lisa, you said you know and love RuPaul's Drag Race, except the names, strength training, and peanut butter. Tonight, we're going to quiz you about peanut butter. (laughs) Okay. 
And uh, do you have a favorite brand or type of peanut butter? I do eat a lot of different kinds of peanut butter. Mm-hmm. The one I've been buying most lately is Trader Joe's mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. I spend a lot of time at Trader Joe's. Sure. If you don't mind, if I'm, this is not too personal, creamy or chunky? Both. Crunchy. Creamy and crunchy. Mm-hmm. Uh, usually the kind that you don't stir mm-hmm. because it doesn't have hydrogenated fats. I usually do no sugar and no salt as well. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Right? <laughs> Reg- Reggie's on board. Yeah. And Reggie that's all I know. It. Thank you so much. That's Goodbye. all you know. Well, yes. unfortunately, we're just ahead, we're going to enlist the help of a bona fide expert in your topic. I believe it. With our expert level question worth up to three points. But before that, to let you show more of your love, here are five trivia questions about your topic, each worth one point. Now, if you want it, you're allowed to hint for any two of these five questions. Now, Reggie, do listen closely, because if Lisa answers incorrectly, you can steal. By the way, Reggie, how much do you know about peanut butter? Uh, you know. <laughs> All right. The competition is fierce. Oh, you could, you could cut it with a knife, just like the fresh top of a jar of peanut butter. All right, Lisa Loeb, here's question number one about peanut butter, a sentence I never thought I would say. <laughs> Lisa, many people mistakenly credit George Washington Carver with inventing peanut butter, but despite coming up with hundreds of important uses for the peanut, peanut butter was not one of them. The man who patented the first process to grind peanuts into peanut butter was a health food nut in Battle Creek, Michigan, who is better known today for his cornflakes, Rice Krispies, and Fruit Loops. What was this cereal magnate's last name? Kellogg's. Jason? Kellogg. Sorry, not Kellogg's. Kellogg. Kellogg is correct. Is correct for the point. Very good. Although Edson, I think, was the one who first created peanut butter in the United States, other than other more ancient cultures that also had peanut butter. But anyway, let's move on. Sorry. Oh, okay. (laughs) Well, that transitions nicely because, fun fact, the Incas and Aztecs are believed to be the first to use a basic form of ground peanuts centuries before John Harvey Kellogg got his patent. Kellogg was a tireless promoter of peanut butter, particularly as an alternative to meat, which he saw as a sinful sexual stimulant. He ain't wrong. All right, here's question number two. Lisa, you obviously love peanut butter, but many people fear it. Now, some stay away because of an allergy to peanuts, but others steer clear due to a condition called arachibutriophobia, a fear of peanut butter sticking to what? Sticking to the roof of their mouth. Jason? The roof of their mouth is correct. That is correct for the point. Very good. Fun fact, the word arachibutyrophobia is often credited as invented in 1982 by Charles Schultz, appropriately the creator of the Peanuts comics. However, game show legend Ken Jennings has spotted it in literature as far back as 1975. Bonus fun fact, according to VeryWellMind.com, fear of peanut butter sticking to the roof of your mouth can be treated with cognitive behavioral therapy. Or milk. All right, Lisa, you're two for two. Here's question number three. Most peanut butter these days is packaged in plastic jars, and the first to do so was Peter Pan in 1988. Prior to that, of course, glass jars were the standard. But when Peter Pan was first introduced in the 1920s, in what type of container was it packaged? I'm going to guess that it was in a tin, a metal tin. Jason? That is correct. Yeah, tin can. A tin can. A tin can of peanut butter. A tin can of peanut butter. Yes. Pass me that can of Peter Pan. Yeah. Oh. That could have been the slogan. Yeah. It was not. (laughs) Uh, 
fun fact, the name for Peter Pan Peanut Butter was blatantly stolen from the popular children's character without payment or credit. The name for Skippy Peanut Butter was also blatantly stolen from a popular children's character named Skippy without payment or credit, although that case was litigated by the owner of the character as recently as 2015. Wow. Even though it, even though it appeared in the 1920s or 30s. Uh, all right, you're three for three, Lisa. You still have your two hints available. Here is question number four. Some of the main types and varieties of peanut are Virginia, Spanish, Tennessee, Runner, and Valencia. In the U.S., which one of these is mostly used to make peanut butter? I'm going to go with Valencia. Jason? That is incorrect. No, I'm terribly oh, sorry. Reg- I see it so much on the on the, the Trader Joe's yeah. says Valencia peanut. Yeah, or if you go up to Six Flags Magic Mountain. It's Valencia. Oh, in Valencia. Yeah, yeah. What, what's the answer? Well, Reggie has a chance to steal, so let's see if he knows. Oh, oh, Reggie. oh sorry. Oh, yeah. Um, well, it's not Valenciaga. What, uh, <laughs> what, what Those are, are very fancy, expensive very fancy, uh, peanuts. Very yes. expensive. Some would say ridiculously overpriced. <laughs> yeah, the remaining ones are Virginia, Spanish, Tennessee, and Runner. I'm going to say, like, because I love the run, Running Man, mm-hmm. um, Runner. <laughs> Sound logic. Jason, is it Runner? <laughs> that is correct. That is correct. Ah. <laughs> Reggie with a successful steal. <laughs> Because you like the running man <laughs> with Arnold Schwarzenegger, yeah, Arnold. Richard yeah. Dawson, <laughs> yeah, yeah. that led you to the answer. Yes. Well, who knows what's going to happen next? Uh, fun ah. fact, Tennessee is a type of Valencia peanut. More than 80% of peanuts grown in the U.S. are runners, and most of those are used to make peanut butter. All right, Lisa, let's see if you can bounce back with question number five. You do okay. still have a hint available. Okay. Lisa, the Girl Scouts raise millions of dollars every year selling cookies, and the current lineup of Girl Scout cookies includes two different ones that feature peanut butter, Dosey Dos and Tagalongs. Mm-hmm. But those two cookies are also known by less fun alternate names related to peanut butter. What are those alternate names? Can I have a hint? Jason, how about that first hint? Sure. Both of them have the words peanut butter in the name. One is named for an earl who invented a common food item on which you might put peanut butter. The other shares a name with one of Marge Simpson's sisters. Audience, please. Very quiet. Oh, more trivia I don't know. Uh, one of them is named after an earl. An earl? Something he created? Something yes, something, uh, something he created on which you might put peanut butter. In fact, you might very commonly put peanut butter in this. Peanut butter sandwich cookie. Okay. And one of them is uh, Marge's sister, hmm. Peanut Butter Patty. That is correct. That is correct for the point. Very nice. This is Lisa Loeb. Wow. Fun fact, though Tagalongs and Peanut Butter Patties look identical, they are not. Peanut Butter Patties are vegan, but the identical-looking Tagalongs are not, and therefore could be a sinful sexual stimulant. <laughs> Bonus fun fact, Lisa, I understand you actually have helped to sell Girl Scout cookies before. Oh, I have. (laughs) Partially by buying a lot and eating them. Okay. (laughs) Um, But also because my daughter was a Girl Scout, and she sold a lot of Girl Scout cookies. Yes, very, very nice. Yes, in fact, uh, somebody was shooting a TV show at our house, and the whole uh, craft service bought a lot of peanut butter cookies. Damn right they did. (laughs) Awesome. All right, Lisa, you did quite well in that round, but now here is your expert-level question that requires multiple answers. It is time for your cluster fact. Thank you. We'll be bringing on an expert to discuss your response. 
Lisa, according to several articles, one of the best tasting peanut butters in the world is made by a company called Spread the Love and contains only one ingredient, peanuts. Meanwhile, the best-selling peanut butter in the world is made by a company called J.M. Smucker and is called Jif and contains seven additional ingredients. For up to three points, name any three of those seven ingredients that Jif adds to peanuts. Salt. Okay. Sugar. All right. And well, I don't know which one it is. It's hydrogenated palm oil. Okay. Jason is taking note of those answers. We have an expert on hand who can tell us for sure. In fact, we have two. Jason, who do we have tonight? Joining us tonight are the co-founders of one of the best peanut butters in the world, Spread the Love, based right here in wow. Los Angeles. It's Val and Zach Fishbane. Val Hello. and Zach Fishbane from Spread the Love, Hello. everybody. So exciting. Hello, Val. Val handing wow. a gift bag to Lisa. We've got one for Reggie as well. Wow. This is exciting. Yes. Because you love almond butter. There's <gasps> almond butter in there. Almond yes, they make almond butter as well. Thank you so much. And a lovely uh, choice of hat wear for both of our guests. We appreciate that as well. Hello. Thank you. Bringing the big Thank hat you. energy tonight. You know. Yes, we appreciate that. Now, your name of your company is called Spread the Love. Was that stolen from a beloved children's character? No. Jay Keith, it was not. It was not. Okay, was let's not. get that no. out of the way. Yes. <laughs> Tell us about Spread the Love, the name, and how you all got started. Um, well, Val and I uh, started Spread the Love Almost exactly 10 years ago, on May 11th, this upcoming week, we're going to be celebrating our 10-year wedding anniversary. Congratulations on that. Thank you. You know, we had a very do-it-yourself wedding, and we decided to do homemade peanut butter. Val's girlfriend's got her a Vitamix blender for the bridal shower, and we were experimenting with that as we were planning for the wedding. And we started making peanut butter at home, and then it dawned on us that this would be a fantastic wedding favor to give to everybody. So it was very popular among our guests, our friends, and family. Um, we got it into a business. We've been growing it, and uh, now we're best friends with Lisa Loeb and Reggie Watts. So, wow. uh, you know, <laughs> did I miss anything? This is so great. You know, at my wedding, we also gave out peanut butter. No. As, as a gift to our guests. How about that? Wow. We did not make it ourselves. Okay. <laughs> this is so exciting that y'all, we have so much peanut butter in common, but you made a whole company. <laughs> That's amazing. Now, it seems with only one ingredient, peanuts, it seems like anyone could make a wonderful peanut butter. What makes Spread the Love so good? It has an ultra creamy texture, mm. and it has one ingredient. We don't put any palm oil in it. We're against palm oil. Anti-palm oil, yeah. taking a stand here as well. Mm-hmm. One of the other things that makes yours different, I read, is uh, it's drizzleable. Yes. Tell us about that. Drizzleable mm-hmm. is how we really describe the consistency of our peanut butter. You know, a, a lot of what the oils do, Lisa, that you were talking about, some of the brands have. I mean, I grew up eating that same kind of peanut butter, right? And you would just stick a knife in it at the end of the day, around supper time, right? It would still be, uh, it would still just be right upright. But that oil separation, that's, a, that's just a simple function of time. That's, mm-hmm. that's going to rise to the top, and we don't do anything to prevent that separation. So that oil, when it's mixed in mm-hmm. with everything, has that nice, drizzleable consistency. Sorry, Lisa, you're just going to have to stir it a little bit, mm-hmm. but just a little. I promise you don't need, yeah, you can also turn it upside down so that when you turn it up, the oil will be in the bottom. Smart. That's yeah. what I always do before I put it in the fridge. and Before I open it and put it in the fridge, you have to, you have to leave it upside down. Now, Lisa mentioned earlier one of uh, the ads she did for a sleeping pill mentioned may cause sleepiness. Uh, I noticed on, on your label it says ingredients, organic peanuts, and then under that contains peanuts. 
I, I assume that is a government requirement. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. It's a, that's a, that's an allergen statement. So I mean, you can't you can't put it by anybody yeah. right now. So we'll trust that they're reading the ingredient statement and the allergen yes. statement. So. Now you also have an entire product line. Uh, you mentioned that you brought some almond butter uh, here as well. Tell us about some of the other products that you make because there's a very important companion product to your peanut butter that you make. Yes, that's we right. have a two ingredient jam which Ooh. has. Raspberries and sugar, that's it. Organic um, cane sugar. Organic yeah. cane sugar. And then we also have a marionberry jam, which uh, marionberries, I'm not mm. sure if mm. all of you guys know, but marionberries are grown in Oregon, and it is the king of blackberries. The king okay. of blackberries. Very, very nice. Now, I have to ask, uh, do you prefer creamy or chunky? I'm like a back and forth. But I like the drizzleability, so mm. I can like Instagram my um, my <laughs> creation. It's funny, man. Like whenever we're about to eat anything, like it's at least five minutes before I can dig in because pictures must be taken yes. and uh, shared on the socials. Um, I'm a crunchy person myself. Mm. Um, I love the texture, but there is something about dipping the banana right into the jar of peanut butter that the consistency will reward you for. <laughs> so, yeah. I like to be rewarded when yes. I dip a banana. Um, <laughs> what did I say? What did, you say? What did I say, I have Jason? No idea. I missed oh, it God, if Helen were here, I'd be in so much trouble. Uh, <laughs> uh, one of the other products I noticed that you sell on your website is a pail that is 15 pounds of peanut mm-hmm. butter. How long is that supposed to last if they bring that All into right. my home? So, so, we, so we do a very decent amount of food service Mm -hmm. business. So we're selling to restaurants, we're selling to bakeries. Right. And we have it, we introduced it primarily for that channel, for the Mm -hmm. food service accounts. But we have it, right? And we we, we put it on there thinking like, all right, if anyone wants this, like, have at it. And it actually is quite popular. Yeah, it's actually sold more it's, it's, uh, it, residentially yeah. than it's, oh, it's, it's, it, it, I wouldn't say, no, it hasn't sold more than what yeah. the food service accounts for, but it definitely is, it's, I mean, it's a great value play. Awesome. Well, let's get to the reason we brought you two here as far as our game is concerned. You heard the question that we asked of Lisa. We wanted to know uh, what are three of the seven ingredients that the best-selling peanut butter adds probably unnecessarily, to their peanut butter. Jason, what was the first answer that Lisa gave? She said salt. Val? It's correct. That is correct for a point for Lisa. Very nice. Jason, what was the next ingredient that Lisa said? Sugar. And? Correct. Correct as well. That's another one. Another point. And Jason, what was the last answer that Lisa gave? Hydrogenated palm oil. That is incorrect, Lisa. They have hydrogenated rapeseed oil, but it is not hydrogenated palm oil. And I thought you would have known that. Wow. <laughs> Whoa. Thank you. Ouch. Wow. I thought, I thought we were at the table with experts. No, no. You, I don't know if it was explained to you. You two are the experts. You're the expert. Lisa just loves it. You two are supposed to this know. Is, it's yeah, all coming back to me now. You're, that, that is correct. Yes. Uh, yeah, so Lisa I'm sorry. is my childhood hero. Please don't. Yes. <laughs> back up, guys. Well, we're um, we're going to see if there's an 11th anniversary uh, after tonight. Uh, some of the other ingredients uh, that you missed. Molasses, fully hydrogenated yeah. soybean oil. It's yeah. another one of the hydrogenated oils. Monodiglycerides and diglycerides. Right. Uh, Lisa, while we have our experts here, anything else you'd like to ask or say to them? I wouldn't normally ask this, but now that we were talking about that huge container of peanut butter, I usually get through the entire jar before anything would happen. Would you ever freeze peanut butter? 
Some people who go through it very slowly, some customers of ours have said they freeze it. They find that it preserves freshness. Some people also tell us that they refrigerate peanut butter, which I've never done until somebody asked me if they can do that, and I tried it. And it's, mm-hmm. I mean, if you like cold peanut butter, it's, it's great, <laughs> but it's not, it's not needed. Oh, it's not I thought needed. I always refrigerate my peanut butter because I use peanut butter that doesn't have additives. So ah. I didn't realize that, that you didn't need to do that. Mm-hmm. Here's a, another question that's sort of related with the drizzleable <laughs> peanut butter. What is your favorite sort of peanut noodle recipe. Oh, man. Dan Dan Noodles and our favorite restaurant that makes it, makes it with our peanut butter. Mm. And it is Pine and Crane. They Ooh. have a, they have a restaurant in downtown LA and uh, Silver Lake. Yep. And they also have Joy, which is in Highland Park. And so they're Dan Dan Noodles, if anyone in the audience Yeah, sounds like there. we got some fans here yeah, as they, well. They make the Dan Dan with our organic peanut butter. And, and wow. what are the other ingredients? Sorry, just briefly. Uh, peanut butter? What else? Oh, like in the Dan Dan noodles? Yeah. Oh, I don't know. Um, I was asking about the scallion. Lisa, are you scallion? very disappointed that he doesn't have that information? I'm pretty disappointed. Yeah. I thought he was the expert. Yeah, I, I thought so too. Uh, <laughs> Val and Zach, it's been wonderful to have you here. Val, Thank if people you. want to find out more about Spread the Love Peanut Butter, where can they do that? SpreadTheLoveFoods.com, and we have recipes there for uh, noodles, Lisa. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us. It's Val and Zach Fishbane. All right, Jason, what is our score at the end of that round? At the end of that round, Lisa Loeb has seven and a half points, and Reggie Watts has three points with a round of questions for Reggie coming up. That's right. We're going to talk with Reggie about a topic he knows about. Plus, later, Lisa and Reggie will go head-to-head in our Fast Facts round, all to find a winner on Go Fact Yourself. I'm Jordan Cruciola, the host of Feeling Scene, where we talk about the movie characters that make us feel seen. And I'm the show's producer, Marissa. Jordan, you've interviewed so many directors, actors, writers, film critics, and I like to play this little game where I take a sip of coffee every time someone says, that's such a great question. That's such a fabulous question. Or they tell you how smart you are. I think that you are rather brilliant. And of course, the big one is, when, when they, they cry, cry unexpectedly. unexpectedly, yes, yes. Jordan, I don't want to cry on your podcast. I wasn't expecting to <laughs> cry. I mean, it makes me kind of want to cry. <sighs> Feeling Seen comes out every Thursday on MaximumFun.org. Listen already. What are you waiting for? Jordan, that's such a great question. <laughs> Welcome back to Go Fast Yourself with our guests, Lisa Loeb and Reggie Watts. Once again, here's J. Keith Van Stratton. Thank you so much, Jason. Thank you, everybody. All right, Reggie, of your many interests, you told us you know and love model railroading, Battlestar Galactica, and butt rock. Let's find out a little bit more about each of those. First, tell us what you know and love about model railroading. I always love trains. Uh, It's got a warm, cozy feeling, and it's such a wholesome hobby. Yeah, that's great. Next, Reggie, tell us what it is you love about Battlestar Galactica. By your command. I love... Specifically, I liked both uh, the original version of it um, and also the newer version of it. The Cylons were so badass. Mm. You know, they put the Vaseline on the on the lens of the camera. <laughs> I, I just enjoyed, like, you know, the characters and the kind of Wild West. Uh, and I love the loneliness of an armada. That's mm. like, 
headed towards this planet, you know, and they're just trying to survive and get there. Although they say that one shining star called Earth, mm. which that doesn't make sense, but um, <laughs> not uh, these days. But yeah, uh, yeah and I, I also like the ship designs. I thought the Vipers were beautiful. I thought the Cylon uh, Raiders were just such a menacing shape, and I love the idea of it taking from military um, battleships and aircraft carriers. Very cool. And finally, tell us what butt rock means to you. Right. Um, it and, is for those who don't, and for those who don't know, perhaps you could explain a little bit about what you mean by butt rock. Sure, of course. <laughs> Everything but rock, am I right? <laughs> okay. Um, I grew up in Montana and Great Falls, so we, we called, uh, you know, I don't know, Night Ranger, maybe Def Leppard, mm-hmm. bands like that. We called it butt rock because I guess it was kind of like blue collar mm. rock and roll or at least it was marketed that way mm. but uh yeah i loved it and white snake was probably my favorite mm. favorite butt rock band i think that like legitimately people will be like oh white snake but white snake if you listen to those albums they are masterpieces his voice is insane david coverdale's voice is insane the range and the the recordings and the musicians playing on it so i have a huge love of butt rock excellent now do these artists know that they are being referred to as butt rock and if so how do they feel about it I hope so. Um, I, I think of you know an anatomical you know association yeah. for a type of music. I think that's a it's a good one. Yeah, you could do slightly worse. Um, all right. Well, to summarize, Reggie, you said you know and love model railroading, Battlestar Galactica, and butt rock. Tonight we want to quiz you about Battlestar Galactica. That's, that's, I'm not gonna do it. Well. How often do you think you've seen Battlestar Galactica over the years? Not that much. Yeah, not that much. Okay. <laughs> no, not that much. Uh, do you have any favorite moments uh, from the show? There's an episode in Battlestar Galactica, the, the original one, where you know there's the Cylon, they crash land. It was kind of like the, probably the setup for Enemy Mine, as I imagine they got this from that. But uh, yeah, there's just like the crash landed. There was a Cylon. Of course, yeah. the Cylon wanted to kill the 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 Battlestar Galactica dude, but then they ended up becoming friends and I yeah. thought that that was great that I was great it. awesome well uh, for our quiz today we're going to be focusing on the reimagined series but uh, you'll oh, see nice. some uh, other references to the original just ahead of course we'll enlist the help of a bona fide expert in your topic with our question worth up to three points but before that to let you show your love here are five trivia questions about your topic each worth one point if you want it just like Lisa you're allowed to hint for any two of these five questions now Lisa do listen closely because if Reggie answers incorrectly you can steal by the way Lisa how much do you know about Battlestar Galactica uh, um, so much. Okay. <laughs> and do you prefer the original or the reimagined series? Can you hold my hand while we do this <laughs> yes, part? <I> can. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, let's see if Reggie gives you a chance to steal. Reggie, here's question number one. Hey. The ragtag fugitive fleet that is led by the ship Galactica is fleeing the destruction of 12 colonies and eventually settles on a new planet, which they name after a real planet, a planet in our solar system with which you are likely very familiar. What is that name? Terra or Earth? Jason? That is correct. That is correct, Earth. Good old Earth. Fun fact, the Galactica crew was in search of a 13th colony called Earth. When they found it, they discovered that it was uninhabitable. So when they finally settled on a new planet, they named that new one Earth. It's implied that the new Earth is actually our own primitive planet and that we are all descendants of the Galactica crew, which means one of us could be a Cylon. (laughs) That guy. (laughs) Question number two. According to actor Edward James Olmos, one of the most powerful lines from Battlestar Galactica was only meant to be said once. But when his captain Adama concluded a speech on the first day of shooting, what four-word phrase, which indicates unanimity, became a rallying cry throughout the series? 
So say we all. Jason? That is correct. That is correct. Fun fact, Edward James almost improvised the repetition of that line until the entire cast and extras on set joined in. So say we all? So say we all. Nerds. <laughs> I, I say that with, that's a compliment. Uh, all right, Reggie, you're two for two. Here's question number three. One of the great gifts to our culture from Battlestar Galactica is the word frack which is a handy substitute for another F-word that would not have made it onto broadcast television. Just like the original F-word, frack is used creatively to make wonderful new words. But which of the following was not a frack word used on Battlestar Galactica? Was it frackwad, frackup, frack buddy, mother fracker, or cluster frack? <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I'm going to say frackwad. Jason? Incorrect. No, I'm terribly sorry. Lisa with a chance to steal. Mother Fracker. Jason? Incorrect. No, I'm terribly oh, sorry. Yeah, I thought that would have been that. Yeah, yeah, those legal. were all used. Yeah, like legal. Like, yeah, me they too. Would, no, they got away with legals. it. No, no, the one that we made up, Frack Buddy. There were no Frack wow. Buddies on Galactica. <laughs> Not I guess on Galactica. That could have been legal, too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, uh, legal. yeah. Oh, well. Fun fact, frack was coined on the original Battlestar Galactica, where it was spelled F-R-A-C-K. For the reboot, it was made appropriately into a four-letter word, F-R-A-K. Uh, it has since shown up on other TV shows, including Robot Chicken, Veronica Mars, and 30 Rock. All right, let's see if you can bounce back with question number four. You do have your two hints available. All right. The reimagined series began life as a miniseries, also called Battlestar Galactica. The writing credit for that miniseries went to the reimaginer Ronald D. Moore, but also to Glenn A. Larson, who created the original series. But Glenn A. Larson is not the name in the credits. What pseudonym of Glenn A. Larson is? Um, I think, yeah, if I were to take a guess, um, the Glarsonist. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Instead, might you like to use your hint? Yeah, we'll do that. Okay. Jeez. I really wanted that joke. <laughs> no, no, I wanted you to have it, but I also want to have some trivia right. people out there, too. Uh, Jason, how about that first hint? Sure, the hint is it's three first names. The first name is the same first name of the man who we used to learn in school discovered America, in quotes. The second name is the same as a Viking known as oh. the Red... And the last name is the most common first name of a U.S. president, including Polk and Buchanan. Columbus Eric John? Jason, is it Columbus Eric John? Stupid. That is not correct. No, I'm terribly sorry. Lisa with a chance to steal. Oh, Christopher? Yeah. Yeah. Eric? Mm-hmm. James? Jason? Uh, that is correct. That is correct! Lisa Lowe with a successful steal. I'm just glad someone got that. That was very nerve-wracking. Oh, yeah. That's one of my favorite, favorite writers um, in any <laughs> show. You're right. Well, Lisa, yep. you, re you really pulled a fast one on us. You said you didn't know anything about Battlestar Galactica. Well, I mean... <laughs> Fun fact, only one cast member from the original series appeared on the reimagined series. Richard Hatch played Captain Apollo on the original and Tom Zarek in the reimagined series. He is not the same Richard Hatch who won the first season of Survivor. <laughs> Although that would have been quite a story. All right, Reggie, let's see what you can do with question number five. You still have your second hint available. Okay. 
The music from Battlestar Galactica is also amazing, with original work mostly by composer Bear McCreary. One of the more memorable tracks is McCreary's reinterpretation of Bob Dylan's All Along the Watchtower, which featured non-traditional instruments like electric sitar, harmonium, duduk, and zerna. The track also featured plain old guitar and bass provided by two members of what new wave rock band? Uh, there is also a hint available if you'd like that hint. You know what? I, I think promise the hint is not as convoluted as the it last isn't? one. Okay. Yeah. Okay, I don't I'll know if it, it could be. Yeah, I'm, just, I'm, I'm allergic be. to hints. No, I'll take, the, I'll take the last hint. All right. I'll take, I'll take the, my hints. Yeah, yes. All right. Thank you. Forfeiting. I love it. Excellent. For 400, I'll take the hint. Take it. All right, Jason, how about that second hint? The musicians are John Avila and Steve Bartek. Uh, oh, uh, f- Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, frack. Uh, oh, God, I know this band. Um, I'm going to say, uh, uh, this is going to be wrong, but Oingo Boingo? Jason? That is correct. That is correct. Oh. It's Oingo Boingo. Very well done, Reggie Watts. Okay. There you go. Fun fact, both the duduk and zerna are woodwind instruments often heard in traditional music of Armenia and Turkey. Bear McCreary's brother Brendan plays in a band with former members of Oingo Boingo, including Steve Bartek. All right, Reggie did quite well in that round, but now here is your expert-level question that requires multiple answers. It is time for your cluster fact. We'll be bringing on an expert to discuss your response. It's not a Cylon, is it? (laughs) For many people, what made the reimagined Battlestar Galactica so great was the character of Starbuck and the actor who played her. For up to three points, though most often called Starbuck, what is the character's full name? Next, what classic novel inspired the name Starbuck? And who played Starbuck on Battlestar Galactica? Wowzers. McGillicuddy. Um... What was the first thing that you the, wanted the to know? The first one is, uh, what, what is the character's full name, even though the call sign used was oh, Starbuck? Uh, oh, um, sorry, 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 sorry. it's not Carrie Ann Moss. <laughs> um, I'm going to say I don't know on that okay. one. All right. I don't know. Next, we want to know from what classic novel was the name inspired? Okay, okay. I'm just going to, this is random, but I'm going to go with Moby Dick. Okay. <laughs> and finally, who played Starbuck on the reimagined Battlestar Galactica? I do know, I do, I, I knew her name intimately, but I haven't watched it so long, and I think she's the greatest, but I don't know. No, no answer on that. Okay, no that's all right, that's all right. All right, well, Jason is taking note of your answers. We have an expert on hand who can tell us for sure. Jason, who do we have tonight? Joining us tonight is an actor whose distinguished career includes playing Starbuck on <gasps> Battlestar what? Galactica. Wow. It's Katie Sackhoff. Katie Sackhoff. Holy crap. Hi, Katie. Welcome. Hi. Hi. A real pilot. (laughs) (laughs) Hi. Hi, Katie. It's so wonderful to see you. I have to say, uh, this has never happened. I got chills when you walked on stage. Yeah. So wonderful to see you. I think some (laughs) of our audience They just turned on the air conditioning. Uh, (laughs) Excellent. Well, in addition to Battlestar Galactica, our uh, audience will know you from shows like Longmire, Bionic Woman, 24, The Chronicles of Riddick, and currently on a little show called The Mandalorian. Yes. Yes. What a great, cool career. 
Uh, we'll talk about Battlestar in a moment, but Mandalorian, it's, what an amazing story. This was not your first time playing the character that you play, Bo-Katan. No, it's not. I've been voicing her for, for over 10 years now, uh, since I was 28 while we were filming Battlestar. Actually. Oh, wow. I didn't know yeah. that they were con- concurrent. Yeah. I read that you said that you never dreamed Bo would be in live action. Why did you never dream it, and, and why did it come to be? Well, because I'm just not that cool, and I, ne- <laughs> <laughs> and I never thought that it would actually happen, and that it would happen to me, so I mm. was just, I mean, I grew up watching Star Wars. I was such a huge Star Wars fan with my dad, and, you know, to be a rock in Star Wars was like, okay, you've made it, um, <laughs> but then to actually be on a show and to, to voice the character, and it just, it was amazing. It really was amazing. And Reggie, I understand you can probably relate to that experience, being a fan and ending up in a Star Wars uh, project. There? Yeah, yeah, so, so, I, so I, texted, I texted this a dumb sentence. But I texted J.J. Abrams. I said, hey, man, we should hang out. He's like, I'm still doing Star, Star Wars. Probably not. I was like, totally understand. Um, uh, and then he texted me 20, 20 minutes later. And he's like, do you want to do a voice? And I was like, yeah, that'd be great. And he's like, show up to the studio. So I drove to the studio that night. Um, uh, get there. And he's like, yeah, you'll be doing um, uh, Calrissian. And I was like, what? But he, when he's in his mask, before he takes off his mask. And I think J.J. was just being cool. He was just like, uh, we obviously he wouldn't need someone else to do uh, Billy D. Williams' voice. But he's just being cool. And when I was dir- being directed by J.J. Abrams, he's like, um, so imagine there's a little bit more tension in the situation. Anyways, it was very abstract. And... Uh, <laughs> And the next day I did Earth to Ned, which is a Disney Plus show, and uh, the guest on that show was Billy Dee Williams. Wow. And Katie, I understand very similar story to how you ended up in The Mandalorian. Yeah, I mean, I was on a plane with Billy Dee Williams. <laughs> wow. <laughs> it all comes back to that. restaurant in West Hollywood. Right? Wow. Amazing. It's we such a small world. Yeah. Such a small world. I, I was wanna... supposed to go watch you today with my daughter. Oh, at, tomorrow, at, morning. tomorrow morning. Tomorrow morning. Yeah, she's playing tomorrow morning at a kid at a concert that my daughter wants to go to. Sorry. And we watch The Mandalorian religiously. Small world. Small <laughs> world. Yay, everybody. Uh, I've heard you say that going to these conventions, these fan conventions, is uh, incredibly important to you. Why, why is that? Uh, you know, I think that I have a career because of the fans. Mm-hmm. You know, um, the fans continue to watch the work that I do, and therefore I continue to get hired. And... And, you know, I'm a fan of sci-fi, and, and I, I just love to talk to, to, to everyone and, and see what they, like, they, they loved about it and what they mm-hmm. didn't love about it. And, you know, I started in theater, and so for me, that instant gratification of being on stage was so important. Mm-hmm. And when you go into film and television, you don't get that. And so I, I love actually just interacting with the fans and talking to them. And now I've finally done something that, like, children can watch, mm-hmm. which is great. Right. So now the fans have gotten much smaller. <laughs> <laughs> And how much do they ask about Baby Yoda? All the time. Okay. It's like <laughs> it's like and, the and number one question. Yoda, I know. Yeah. He's amazing. Yeah. Um, sort of a diva. Um, oh. Yeah. It's really you're not allowed to look him in the eye. It's really weird. What? It's really weird. <laughs> well, let's talk about your work on Battlestar Galactica. D- did you understand everything that they put your character through? Because the, the, there seemed to be so many twists and turns to to how things were and what the audience was even supposed to understand or know. Yeah, and I don't understand half of it anymore. Oh, okay. Still. Yeah. I look back at it now and I think that I had so much of this thing that I call the blissful ignorance of youth mm. where I didn't give much thought to many things that I did. And I think that's what lent itself to Starbuck being so unhinged was that I would just go to work and let the wind guide me <laughs> and sort of, you know, trust the directors, trust the writing, but like fly by the seat of my pants. Mm. And I think that's why she comes across so just very spontaneous. Mm. And, and um, yeah, so I think it's just that I was 
young. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you did, you did so much physical stuff. Was it exhausting to do all of the different, the fighting and some of the not fighting? Uh, yeah. <laughs> you did on the show? Um, yeah, I, you know, I was an athlete before I was an actor, so oh. I relish that stuff. You know, if I don't go home with bruises all over my body, it doesn't feel like I actually gave my all at work. Oh. Um, it's Jason, like, you want to take care of her? <laughs> <laughs> I'll take you in a bag in a few minutes. You know, man, I'd yourself. like to see you try. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Helen, come back, Helen, come back. Um, No, there's this, uh, you know, and on a Disney show, it's very, very different. I've done most of my own stunts, most of my career, and then you get to like this, the big dog, and they don't let you touch your own stunts, Mm. you know, and they'll let me do as many as that they think that I can actually do. And I had like bruises everywhere, and I got home from work, and my husband was like, How was work? And I had just covered in bruises and I was like it was amazing <laughs> I loved every second of it so that's great yeah now you mentioned uh, in your time uh, before being in TV and movies that you were a stage actor and uh, I actually read that you did musical theater I did yeah, what kind of shows uh, were you in um, so like, you know, the standards in yeah. high school, um, like Oliver and mm-hmm. Bye Bye Birdie and Bye Bye Birdie. Right. It's amazing. Yeah. I love it. Right. Those were the two main ones that I did. But I, you know, I was a really, really amazing ghost of Christmas past. Oh, yes. thank you. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. We all remember that. For all of you yes. at yes. home, that is the character that points. Yeah. <laughs> That's all they do. And I was actually fired from that production. You were fired from pointing. Wait, were you pointing the wrong way? Or what? No, I had a ski race, and I had to I had to go race. And the theater teacher told me I would amount to nothing because I didn't know how to be professional. So wow, Ooh. not enough bruising in that role. I don't. <laughs> yeah. No, I probably crashed on the mountain that day. That <laughs> and uh, last thing, what I ask you about uh, Red? You mentioned we were talking about Cylons. Did they really put Vaseline on the lenses to shoot the Cylons? They did. They, they really did. did. You know, and I also have to say that I feel like at this point, like the older I get, like I just want them to do that again. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just put a little like Vaseline on it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. What was, it? What was yeah. the show? There's uh, moonlighting. moonlighting. Right? Moonlighting. Oh, yeah, just yeah. open up that peanut butter and give it a little... <laughs> it all comes big, back big, together. Give it a little right. swirl. All right. Well, let's get to the reason we brought you here as far as our game was concerned. <laughs> Sorry, Reggie. Uh, <laughs> you heard the question that we... So well. Could you imagine if Carrie Ann Moss walked out? Oh, my God. <laughs> You would have been like, wait a second. What? You would be surprised. Um, All right. First, we wanted to know on the reimagined Battlestar Galactica, although often called Starbuck, what was the character's full name? Jason, what did Reggie say? Reggie said, don't know. Don't know. Uh, What is the correct answer in case you happen to know? <laughs> Kara Thrace. Kara Thrace, yeah. Yes. Sorry, no point there. I think it was. I think maybe that you, you were so stuck on Carrie Ann Moss because Thrace. of the Kara and the Carrie. Or Carrie Ann Moss, that's yeah, it. Where did I yeah. say? I, I guessed once, twice, Thrace. I couldn't get it. Oh. <laughs> All right, no point there. But next we wanted to know what classic novel inspired the name Starbuck. Jason, what did Reggie say? Reggie said Moby Dick. And? That's correct. That is correct. It was Moby oh, Dick. Okay. Starbuck, very nice. Yeah, 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 yeah. You get a point there. Yeah. Thanks to him. And finally, wanted to know who could it be who played Starbuck on the reimagined Battlestar Galactica? Jason, I understand Reggie was unable to pull up a name, but uh, who was that, Katie Sackoff? Carrie Ann Moss. Oh, what? <laughs> <laughs> who is also known as. <laughs> Katie Sackoff. It was Katie Sackoff! <laughs> I appreciate both of you having a good sense of humor about this. They're both laughing uh, happily. Uh, Reggie, while we have uh, the alleged Katie Sackhoff here, yes. while we have our expert here, Reggie, is there anything else you'd like to ask or say to her? Uh, 
What was it like sitting in the cockpit? I mean, all those cockpit shots. I mean, like, were you, was it really hot and sweaty or was it <laughs> like, an illusion of it being cramped? Um, <laughs> they left me in there one day at lunch. And <laughs> because it, so this was, listen, this was like low budget. Mm-hmm. So it was, you know, people used to ask me how fast the, the Viper goes. And I would just say, as fast as the crew can push it. <laughs> it's, like, it's like cardboard wings and like a cockpit. <laughs> and like a guy in front, like going... <laughs> <laughs> just spraying water on you. <laughs> like I understand was, that you had to bring your own green screen. Pretty well. much, yeah. you just carried yeah. it wherever you went. If you wanted yeah. a bounce board, you just like <laughs> you know you made it work. They would feed this tube up our pants because it was so hot in these oh. suits. These suits were like literally made of like rubber. Like I mean, it was just awful. So if the if the stage was hot, you were roasting. If the stage was cold, mm. you were freezing. And you couldn't find a happy medium, so they had this hose they would put up you and like <laughs> uh, up your costume, I want to clarify, yes. <laughs> up your costume. Yes. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of butt rock, um <laughs> And it was it was meant to cool you down, but it also produced this like really really nice soothing like white noise, and I would fall asleep. <laughs> and they left me there one day because wow. like helmet? once you're in, you're in a five point harness, your helmet, yeah. you can't get out unless like you know eight people help you. <laughs> there was not an emergency eject lever or anything in it. No, it's too cheap. But on the new show, yeah. yes. Um, yeah, no, it was not comfortable oh. at all. It was not comfortable. I mean, or maybe it was too comfortable. Maybe that's yeah. the problem. <laughs> it was way too comfortable. Oh, I love these stories of the glamour of show business. Yes. Katie, it's been so wonderful to speak with you. If people want to find out more about what you're up to, where can they do that? You know, I'm on all the, the socials, but I think I'm the real Katie Sackoff on all of them yes. because I'm not cool enough to have my own name. So, you know. But, but you are cool enough to be real. You are cool enough to join us tonight. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, it's Katie Sackoff. Jason, what is our score as we head into the final round? Going into the final round, Reggie Watts has seven points and Lisa Loeb has eight and a half points. All right. Still anybody's game. It is now time for our final round we call Fast Facts. I'll read 10 statements and each contestant will answer with true or false. I'll start with Lisa and alternate between each guest. Each correct answer is worth one point. Again, please answer with true or false. Here we begin. Lisa, you, Lisa Loeb, are going on tour this year. True. That is correct. Reggie, you, Reggie Watts, are going on tour this year. True. Correct. <laughs> Lisa, Aerosmith is going on tour this year. True. That is correct. Reggie, Aerosmith's tour is their farewell tour. False. Incorrect. No, they really are. Lisa, Aerosmith's farewell tour is called the farewell tour. False. That is correct. Yes, it is called Peace Out. That's right. Reggie, Kiss had a tour called the farewell tour. That's true. Correct. Lisa, Kiss has had more than 10 tours since the farewell tour. True. That is correct. Yes. Yeah. Reggie, one of those tours was called the End of the Road Tour. True. Correct. Lisa, the End of the Road Tour was announced as their final tour in 2018. True. Correct. Reggie, the End of the Road Tour is still happening. True. (laughs) Correct. Lisa, the End of the Road Tour from Kiss is scheduled to end in New York in December. True. Correct. Reggie, but really with Kiss, who knows? True. Correct. All right, let's give a nice hand to Reggie Watts and Lisa Loeb as Jason tabulates the final score. All right, Jason, are you ready to announce the winner of today's episode? I hope so. Uh, let's see. The, uh, at the end of the game, 
Reggie has 12 points, and Lisa has 14 and a half points. Congratulations, Lisa Loeb. You are the facting champion on Go Fact Yourself. Lisa, what will you do with your championship? Going to go see the uh, the Farewell Kiss Tour. Wow. (laughs) I hear they're going to be in New York in December. I'll be there. All right, great. All right, uh, we want to uh, wrap things up by giving everyone here a chance to mention or promote anything they might have. Lisa, what are you up to? Where can people find what you're doing? I have a tour coming up. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, They can find me at lisaloeb.com and all of the socials at Lisa Loeb or at Lisa Loeb Official. Find me daily on Sirius XM 90s on 9. Those are some of the places you can find me. That's some of the places we're so happy we found you here, Lisa Loeb. What a pleasure. Thank you so much for being here, Lisa. Reggie Watts, what are you up to? Where can people find you? I have a tour in October for my book, mm-hmm. uh, which comes out October 17th. You can pre-order now um, through my uh, Instagram, which is at Reggie Watts. Twitter's at Reggie Watts. Blue Sky, at Reggie Watts. Uh, I guess those are the most tangible things uh, in, in the world right now for me. All right. The tangible and intangible in other ways. Reggie Watts, thank you so much for being here, Reggie. Grazie. Ladies and gentlemen, the Rookie of the Year, my guest co-host tonight, Jason Kravitz. What do you have going on, my friend? What do I have going on? I'll be appearing at Joe's Pub in New York City on July 14th with my show Off the Top. It's an improvised one-man cabaret, and I'll be performing it there for the first time, July 14th. I hope you can make it if you're in New York. You can find tickets at www.offthetop.nyc. Jason Kravitz, everybody. (laughs) And get well, Helen Hong. Uh, and me, you can find me on Twitter at J underscore Keith, on Instagram at jkeith.net, all spelled out. That just leads me to thank Lisa Loeb, Reggie Watts, Val and Zach Fishbane, Katie Sackoff, everyone here at LAist and The Crawford, and thank you for listening and supporting our show at MaximumFun.org. I'm J. Keith Van Stratton. Good night! Like what you hear? Come see us live. It's happening again, like tonight. Go to GoFactorPod.com for our schedule and tickets. Meanwhile, please like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter and Instagram, all at GoFactorPod, update our wiki at GoFactorWiki.Fandom.com, and buy our T-shaped shirt and mug-shaped mug at MaxFunStore.com. And give us a great review on your favorite podcast platform, like Baron Von Gordon did on Apple Podcasts. He, she, or they said, really fun guest and a fast-flowing format. The hosts are energetic and well organized and quite funny. Thanks, Baron Von Gordon. If there's one thing I've always aspired to be in show business, it's well organized. Jason? (laughs) Well... Go Fact Yourself is a panel quiz program devised and produced by Jim Newman and J. Keith Van Stratton and comes to you via transcription from the Crawford at LAist in Pasadena. Questions were compiled by the Trivia Industrial Complex. We are produced in collaboration with Maximum Fun. Maximum Fun senior producer is Laura Swisher. Associate producer and editor is Julian Burrell. Our theme song and incidental music were written and performed by Jonathan Green. Research assistance provided by Adam Niedeff and Clint Tauscher. Quiz assistance provided by Brian Phillips and Leora Saul. Promotional graphics by Erich Tran. Live show photography by Christine Vallada. Live show support by Dave Bianchi. Special thanks to Janet Billig-Rich of Manage This Media, Kara Baker and Helen Levinson at Avalon Management, Chelsea Rowe and Janelle Barrett 
Jones of Harlot Unlimited, Mike Ship, Jamie Andrews, T. Velada Viers, and Kurt Carley. For LAist, John Cohn, Executive Director, Rebecca Stummy, Events Producer, Tony Federico, Technical Director, Kristen Payne, Audience Services and Events Manager, Kristen Ranger, Events Coordinator, and Clark Crane, Events Intern. I've been Jason Kravitz for Helen Hong. Let's go eat some fracking peanut butter. He did it for me. I didn't need to add anything. Let's go do it. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.